Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from postysquareroom.com. This week's grow guides is all about bud rot. Now, bud rot is never a nice thing to find in your grow room. So in this episode, we're going to discuss what it looks like and how you diagnose it in your grow tent, what to do if you do find it and the best way to get rid of it, and the best ways to prevent it as well, because you don't want it in your grow room at all. And it is easily avoidable as long as the conditions are kept right. So in this episode, we're going to cover that to make sure that you reduce the chances of ever seeing bud rot in your grow room. And if you do find it, then the best way to get rid of it. Uh, for these grow guides, we're also joined by the high ladies again. You can find the high ladies on Instagram. Just search for high ladies and you'll find them. And you'll also find their podcast on all the same networks that we have our podcast on. So iTunes, Spotify, platforms like that. Just search for high ladies and you'll be able to find those. But anyway, for now, this is the grow guides all about bud rot. I hope you enjoy. Hope you learn something. And I'll speak to you at the end of this. Enjoy. See you in a bit. So here we are, everybody. Bud rot is the uh, is the topic of today's grow guide. And this is probably the most devastating thing you'll find in your grow room. You might find many things you don't want in your grow room, like we discussed last week. We had Hermes. We spoke about bugs in the past, nutrient deficiencies. All of these are fine because all of those are fixable. But there's a few things, and this one in specific is not fixable. If you find bud rot on your grow, the grow is pretty much fucked. Not necessarily so, the grow, but whatever the, the bud rot has got to, them buds, mm-hmm. they're, they're not usable anymore. Yeah, so you said it, it's not fixable. How, what do we do then? You just you give up, you set fire to it all. No, we avoid it, right? No. <laughs> we can't fix it, so we have to avoid it. That's what, that's what I was fishing for. Right? That's right. Sorry, I had the wrong answer. <laughs> just, you know, I've been devastated a few times C by this. Minus on that one there. This dreaded rot is what it's called, the dreaded rot. Oh, yeah, rot. it'll definitely distract you know, mm-hmm. when you see it. Even think about it. Oh. So let's go through the tally, as we do usually at the start of these kind of shows. It's like, I have had bud rot, monkey, have you? I have had bud rot. Uh, uh, Bubba Hawk, you had bud rot? I have. I have. I'm not, not happy about it, but I have. Not in a while, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the high ladies? What are you saying, ladies? You had bud rot before? Yes, I had bud rot last year. Nope. But I'm going to miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be, be ready. It comes to everybody at some point. <laughs> and what about everybody out there in chat as well? Let us know in the chat there if you guys have had bud rot or not. But, uh, but right, it's the fancy name everybody's using in chat. We might as well go ahead and throw that out there is botrytis. Botrytis. Yeah. It's a, it's a type of mold. Uh, it's called gray mold in some places. And it essentially lives in the buds and grows, just eats the fuck out of the buds until it is dead. Really, It's a type of mold, man. It's like when you see fruits go mold, it'll be the same kind of mold. So it's... I mean, where do we even start with this? First off, if you find it, if you listen to this because you found bud rot in your tent, then the first thing you need to do is not panic. The, the, the damage is already done. So you have to be very careful how you remove the stuff. Don't go rushing into it. Make sure that you're minimizing the spread of the, of the bud rot as you're taking it out of the grow room because you don't want it to get in any of the other, any of the other buds. So we should begin with what is bud rot, I think. Does anybody want to take it? Uh, Monkey, you want to handle what bud rot is? 
Well, it's like we said, it's botrytis. And it's basically, uh, as I understand it, I, I'm not an expert in this. I've had it a, a couple of times. I've seen it a couple of times at Percy's Some people post about it on occasion, but uh, it usually occurs in late flower and it is a mold that will attack the colas on your plant. It usually goes for the thickest, densest, most beautiful cola you have because that's the cola that's got the most moisture in it. It may be the area that's not got a lot of good airflow around it, something to that effect. Mm. And the mold spores are already in your tent, even when you're in veg, they're everywhere. The thing, the thing that triggers uh, bud rot, it's, it's the conditions have to be right. The buds are in the right condition with the right humidity levels in them. The temperature in your tent is favorable for them. Airflow is favorable, all this stuff lines up and then all of a sudden, this mold will sprout and it can completely destroy your tent in 48 hours. Mm -hmm. You'll lose the mm -hmm. entire plant in 48 hours. Horrible so shit. It's horrible. Uh, it is avoidable. But what I just said is what has to happen. It, this, for, for the bud rot to take over like that, it has to have favorable conditions and all those factors. And so your job is now to let it not have favorable mm -hmm. conditions. Because essentially it's a seed and it mold spores, everybody. Just so you know this, mold spores are fucking everywhere. There is no yeah. avoiding them. They're on your skin. They're in your hair. They're in the carpets. They're living on the surface of your grow tent. They're fucking everywhere. And most of the time, nothing's going to happen. It'll just sit there and remain lay dormant until conditions mm -hmm. are in the right place for them to germinate, just like a cannabis seed would. You know, mm -hmm. there might be, you might lay cannabis seeds all over the place, you know, all over your desk, all over the carpet, and none of them are going to germinate until it gets wet enough and the temperatures are right, and then it'll germinate. Same thing with mold spores. So this shit is going to be on your plants in the first place. So it's just sitting there on there, but they're harmless and not doing anything until the conditions are right for that to germinate, and that's when you start to get issues. So what are these conditions that we need to think about, Dan? No, high humidity, really. The more humid shit gets, the more the chance you have of them multiples germinating. Mm -hmm. so, Airflow is a big one, mm -hmm. stagnant air. Yeah, I know like we're in early veg, we're looking like that 65% humidity uh, is really nice, even higher than that in early veg. And then you get in, into mid flower, you're kind of pushing somewhere around that 50 to 60. Mm -hmm. So where do we want to be then uh, to avoid well, that? The, I like to be below 55%, I like to be. Yeah. And like, like uh, Bobo Huck yeah. said there, with this still air, the germ, the the multiples will germinate when it's very humid, like fifty five degrees plus, and mm -hmm. maybe even a little lower than that as well. But you don't want to go too much lower than that; it'll start damaging your plants. But fifty five percent plus that, then you're looking more likely. And mm -hmm. they will also germinate in stale air. So if there's a stale air pocket where no no fan is blowing at it and exchanging that stale air for fresh air all the time, then yeah, you got a the, you got a humidity pocket right there where it's it, stale yeah. now. And this and is the problem happens. with big buds, man, because you've got this fat, juicy cola, but there's no air getting to the inside of it. So stale air pockets will develop inside the actual bud. Right. And if no air is getting exchanged out of there, they'll germinate and just, they'll start rotting from the inside of the bud. It's like a curse that it comes to get all the experienced growers and the fat strains. Man, the bigger your buds are, the more susceptible they are to bud rot just because right. air can't pass around it so easily. Now, don't if you're new growers and you're hearing us talk about this don't be afraid of bud rot respect it 
but it's easy to, to harvest and not get bud rot. But mm-hmm. you know, what you, you're going to hear a lot of terrible stories today about bud rot and losing crops and all that kind of stuff like that. But it doesn't happen all the time if you do the right things, and that's what you need mm-hmm. to remember. Bud rot is avoidable. <sighs> There's certain strains out there that that, and I don't have a list of them. Certain strains are more resistant to it than others. Certain or strains are, are definitely more susceptible to, to getting it. Um, smaller tents uh, definitely can be a problem because we tend to cram them full of stuff. And it's actually, I grow in small tents, so I can speak from, to this. It's harder to get good airflow in small tents. Mm-hmm. Big tents, you can put more fans in, you can get air moving around that tent a lot easier. So their challenge is to bud rot, get your air circulating, get it moving, get your humidity down and you know, even late in flower, you've got to have those leaves moving in late in mm-hmm. flower. And you've got to have mm-hmm. space between your colas and don't let your colas touch the side of the tent where you're going to build humidity. And that applies to outdoors things. as well. You know, you yeah. make sure you've got yeah. enough airflow around your plant outdoors. I know you can't control the humidity when it's grown outdoors, but you can control the airflow. Make sure there's plenty of space around the plant and the buds and air can pass around everything nice and easy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you've got a better chance of getting a bud rot. And you don't want that shit. Yeah, and, and greed is, is something that, that bit me with blood rot the first time, trying to get too much into a tent, you know, cramming, cramming everything in there. So you've got, oh, I'm going to maximize my yield in this tiny tent. Mm. Yeah, but what happens is overnight, you'll end up with a spot in the middle of blood rot and you'll lose half your crop before you can even react. Yeah, so let's, so, let's say then, um, let's say about one day, you check in on your plants and you see, and well, let's say the mold spores come in, it's landed. It's landed on the inside of your bud. It sat there for a week. Now it gets humid and it starts to develop and it's taken over the bud. What do you see on the bud? How are you actually identifying this bud? Do you want to try and take that away there, hi, ladies? Well, I can tell you from my own personal experience, what you said earlier, it, it very much is like a, a peach that's gotten uh, moldy. It, it mm-hmm. collapses the entire bud. It, it's, I, fa- I didn't question. I knew right away that I had bud rot when I saw it. It mm-hmm. looks like what it's called. And I had it outdoors. It was actually a real problem here in Ontario last year. Uh, bud rot and powdery mildew because we had a really humid, wet, hot end of the summer. And outdoors, you can't control that. Mm. That's it. It's fucking horrible, man. And when you mm-hmm. see it, you know, when you've been, oh man, I, I can still remember the devastating feeling you get when you see bud rot on your fucking fattest colas. It's like, oh yeah. no. You yeah. rather that like- cola and you'll see a little spot that looks like, mm-hmm. wow, look at the frost on that cola. Hell, that's not frost, that's fuzz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does mm-hmm. happen so quickly. Yeah. It, that, yeah. You really have to be on it. Mm-hmm. I just, I carefully took off. I only had two buds that had gotten affected i carefully removed them from the plants i removed any leaves i bagged them i took them far far away because <laughs> again you don't want to disturb those spores that are mm-hmm. in the bad if you can try and salvage any of your bud yeah and you don't want to be shaking them all over the place that's right mm-hmm. and we'll go into that bit in a bit how to uh, make sure you don't spread it around because the, this mold, what it does is when it grows out it starts to absorb all the nutrients from the bud so the bud itself and the actual in the patch where the bud rot is happening, the, the leaves there will go yellow. So the first thing you want to be looking out for is your whole plant looks nice. It's all good and healthy, but then there's a few leaves in the top colas that suddenly turn yellow, like really bright yellow. And they'll be the only yellow leaves on the whole plant. 
this is sugar leaves and the little fan leaves that are attached into the buds both mm-hmm, yellow mm-hmm. die back and start looking like they're dying into the cola. Yeah. And when you see that, take a closer look. And when you look at the actual cola, get, get close. Don't touch it. Don't touch your buds because that's how the multiples can spread. So just get a closer look. And if around that patch looks kind of gray and colorless, then you probably have bud rot at this stage. And if, if you're at that point where you've got the yellow leaves and now you've got buds that look gray and uh, it might even have some white fuzz on it, if the mold has come to the, the later stages, you know, it'll look fuzzy as well. And then if you touch it, if you, you know, put some gloves on, some gloves, only touch it at this point, make sure you've gone through the first two steps first where you've looked out for the yellow leaves and you've looked out for the, uh, the gray colorless bud. If you're at that point, you've seen them, then touch it. And if it is bud rot, then it's going to fall apart easily. It just falls apart in your hand rather than, uh, you know, that wouldn't happen with healthy buds. So pretty much. Yeah, it kind of comes, comes Sorry, away. You can, no, I was going to say it kind of comes away. So you can, Pinch if, if you just, yeah, you, you only have to sort of slightly tug on it and mm-hmm. it will pull half that piece of bud and that leaf with it. Like it's, you know, it's... straight. And that's, that's when your heart drops when yeah. you pull that piece and it comes out it nice and easy. Oh, no. Yeah. And at that point you like, stop, just don't move yeah. it around anymore because that mold, when it's at that stage, it comes out to the outside of the bud because it wants to try and throw mold spores all around the place. And you don't, you want to try and reduce the amount of multiples that are lying around. I know that they're everywhere anyway, but you don't want to put fuck loads out there. You want to reduce that and reduce the chance of any getting germinated. So at that point, stop what you're doing. Go smoke a spliff if you need to. You might need to. Well, definitely, definitely need to. Yeah. You know, because it's already done now and it? it's already done. So don't like think that you need to rush into it and get things done straight away. Just take five minutes and get over the devastation if you need to. But you need to prepare properly to get this shit out of the grow room or away from the, the plants because it's only going to spread further and kill off more colas. And you obviously don't want that to happen. So, Bubba, you want to go through the, some different ways of how you can prevent the bud rot from spreading and what, what you can um, do to get it out. Yes. So, the, I mean, the, the problem with it is, is that once you see it, it's generally it's it's gone through a lot more than you can physically see um to the eye so it's because it starts on the inside and comes out by the time you're seeing it on the outside it's generally full in that bud um if if you catch it early enough um and and this is another point you can actually you will smell it it it's a different smell if you if you open your tent all of a sudden you've got that damp stuff like musty smell going on there's yeah. some, there's there's rot in that tent um Old and work you, boots you, is what i call it yeah that's the one it's just like you know you've left your work but you've been trodden through mud out the back mm. or something and they so you you'll know the smell um usually if you if you spot it early um and you can and, and you sort of know what you're looking at i i've had had it happen once or twice where i've successfully been able to go down i take about two inches down from where I've I've spotted the lowest part of that rot um, on that on that stem itself, so I'll go down on that top about two inches down from there and snip it on there, um, and very gently take that out with trying not to knock it on anything else and um, trying not to like turn your fans off. That's a, a big one before mm-hmm. you even start chopping things. Turn those fans off, um, and then get in there and, and do that. Sometimes you'll save it, um, other other times you won't. Um, I 
I wouldn't recommend smoking anything that you found rot on yeah, because yeah. It, it will be in things that and you can't see it. It'll still be on the other, you know, that you're going to have spores across the plant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, I mean, you can still use it for things like, um, like extracts and stuff like that uh, if you want to go down that route. Or, but, yeah, the, the easiest way I found was to take a few inches below, cut that top, um, you know, if, if you're towards the end, if you're only like a week or so away, you know, two weeks away from finishing, you can try doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, if you still got three, four weeks to go, you're going to, you're going to be fighting it the, yeah, the whole yeah. time and, and you're better off just cutting your losses, clean that tent down and start again. Mm. I've never seen it get that bad. If it's got that bad, it's because of extremely high humidity. You've given them all the perfect conditions and yeah. you know, you're going to more likely grow mushrooms in conditions like that rather than cannabis. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. you just Air, have to make sure that humidity. airflow humidity are the main points. If you can make sure that the plant gets enough airflow around it and the humidity is low, then you're going to do pretty sweet. And another thing Ooh. as well is be careful with damaging the plant and bruising the buds essentially as well. If, if the buds get damaged, but just like an apple, say you put an apple in the fruit bowl and you knock it hard with something and it damages the apple, that little patch on that apple will become bruised and it will go moldy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pet hair is another big one. Pet hair. Pet hair. Oh yeah, because pet hair carries a lot of those microbes and a, and a lot of those um, those bacteria and things and the and the spores. And if you've got, look, I mean, this is the whole point. Going into a into your grow room, you want to be clean. It's the same idea as if you've been out in the garden. You want to change your clothes and all that sort of thing. If you've been playing with your dogs, you know, you, you don't know what your dogs are rolling in. Mm-hmm. It could have been out the back rolling in, in mud, whatever else. And they'll bring that in. That's on your shirt. Next minute that gets stuck to a uh, to a bud and then a couple of weeks down the track if everything's just right for it mm-hmm. that's you know there, there, yeah. there comes the mold so that's it. and you when you are uh, and you can damage your stem as well you said you know when you're topping and things like that you have to be careful not to let mold spores into the actual plant matter because then mold spores will yep. get into the plant and just sit there dormant until the conditions are right and then they'll start growing and start killing shit so just try and be as clean as you can. The multiples are going to get everywhere, but you can try and reduce the amount that are getting to your plants. That's the best thing to do. When, if um, on the occasions where I have found bud rot on my crop, and it's been a few times, man, it, it, sometimes it's more devastating than others because sometimes you, you need the weed and other times mm-hmm. it's like, oh, fuck it. Oh, well, I've still got plenty. But if you're in a position where this was going to fucking keep you smoking for the next few months, then it's hard to find bud rot. It's not, it's not nice when you do find it. No. Mm. but the best thing make sure you're reducing the spread and uh, what i do when i see it is once i've properly identified it and made sure it is bud rot then i'd take that whole cola and i'd put a bag over it first you know I'd turn the fans off fans are the first thing you don't want to blow these mold spores because they're very light and they'll float around the grove room as soon as the breeze touches them so cover it with a bag you turn your fans off then cover it with a bag and like bubble hunk said they just snip it uh, a couple of colas below where the actual bud rot is and hopefully you'll be all right at that point. It might not continue to grow. You know, make sure your humidity is low and the airflow is good. It's massively important to do that shit. But at that point, uh, I mean, over the next couple of days, you might notice another couple of buds grow some because it's rarely just one. It's usually a few colas. But, you know, you just uh, keep an eye over it over a couple of days. And if there is any, then they should arise over the next few days. They're all around the same timing. But you should be okay after that. I find anyway. If you catch it early enough, <clears throat> pardon me, if you catch it early enough and you um, 
and, and you can get in there and you do it, as Mackie said, you know, fans off, put something over the top of it, nice and gentle and take your time. A lot of the time you, you may get through that harvest, um, but you need, it, it's, you need to be watching it like a hawk mm-hmm. uh, because where there's some, there's more. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest thing is you, you need, because you can't see it until it gets to that point where yeah. it's, it's coming out the, at the bud, that's where your problem's going to be. And a lot of the time you'll then harvest that, um, harvest that plant and you will find rot that you had no idea was even in there um, as you're going through. So. What about you, Annie? Was it Annie who had the bud rot or was it Amanda? Which... It was me, it was Annie. Um, well, like I said, it was on an outdoor plant. Right. And I did exactly what you guys, I wasn't able to turn the fans off. I was hoping mm-hmm. the fans would turn on because that was a problem. There wasn't enough wind. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it can't be stated enough to never smoke cannabis that has mold in it. Mm-hmm. So err air on the side of caution. It, it, it's better to go without than smoke moldy cannabis. Uh, absolutely, yeah. If you even find, if you, sorry, sorry. Even if you just suspect it, even if it's just a tiny bit, one's, one little spore is too much. So don't be like, oh, it's only kind of moldy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't smoke mold. That, that If you get some of them mold spores <laughs> in your lung, and mm-hmm. it'll and make it you kind happen. of sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, fucking yeah. If it germinates <laughs> and you start getting yeah. mold growing in your lungs, you're pretty much <laughs> fucked. Don't take yeah. that risk. You just don't do that it. That needs to be stated, I think. That mm-hmm. not, if you have any inkling, just don't. Just mm-hmm. don't ever. It's best not to. And this is the thing with grow and even the medical market on the legal market nowadays in the UK here, we've had mold go out to patients mm. on, on the buds, like moldy buds, bud rot. Yeah has gone out to people and they've used it. It's absolutely yeah. fucking horrendous. This is where you need to grow your own because this is where you, you've you checked that plant yourself for bud rot and you can just trust your own judgment. It's fucking yeah. fast, man. Yeah, and I mean, and knowing what it is too, and this is the thing, a lot of people, especially if you're not a grower, you you haven't come across it before. Um, if you're just a consumer, it's, it's not something that you would immediately look at and go, oh, that's rot or oh, that's mold. It's only if you've experienced it and you know what it looks like that you notice it. Um, and, and it, it you know, I, I, I can see why people would just open a bag, oh yeah, chop it up. And this is the other thing too. <laughs> if you're not breaking those, those buds up before you're putting them into something, if you're just straight up snapping a piece of that nugget off and putting it in your, in your bowl or your pipe or whatever, mm-hmm. you may not see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then inadvertently you're then smoking mold as well. So yeah. Um, sort of yeah, get, educating yourself on what it looks like in both yeah. stages. So as as a um, as a growing and live, as versed already dried and inside that that bud itself is always a good idea. Yeah. yeah, when it's dried and inside the bud, the bud is actually kind of crumbly. It doesn't it doesn't break like a like a healthy bud does. Mm-hmm. It kind of just yeah. wants to disintegrate in your hand. That's yeah, it not good. Falls apart, man. Like sand. It or does. Something. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's not like dry can overly dried cannabis will turn turn to a different kind of dust, but moldy cannabis, it's very different feeling. Mm. So yeah, that do not use bud rot, bud that's infected with rot. Just throw it away. That you can't use it for hash, you can't use it to make oil, you can use it for nothing. You find it's rot garbage. on it, you get rid of mm. it. This is why it's so bad. I mean, if you found it and you could trim little bits around it and then keep the rest, don't even do that. If a bud has got rotten it get the fuck rid of it because it's just oh, uh, as it's God, drying God. it's going to get moldy it's going to spread more to just get rid of the whole fucking bud 
it, it, it can't be stressed enough, man. It's really important. It's one of the, the worst things. You'll completely lose your crop if you don't get on this shit straight away. If you find that one and you don't do something about it, then it could definitely pass around the fucking tent and destroy your whole grow within a week. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's already yeah. infected places, then it could be just 24 hours and you'll go from a perfectly looking crop to a crop that's badly damaged from mold spores. So, mm. yeah, don't and eat it what, either. Yeah, good point now, Arch, yeah. man. Don't eat, use it for nothing. Like, legitimately, the only thing you should use it for is by putting it in the bin, put it in, in the composter, feed it to your worms, they'll be happy yeah. with it. Yeah. But, but even be careful with that because then you're introducing those mold spores into mm-hmm. your future dirt. Yeah. I would almost say plastic bag it and put it out with the real garbage. You don't need mm-hmm. to be introducing mm-hmm. that to your garden in any way is my opinion on that map. You, know, you can also throw it on the fire, but make sure you stay well away from the fire. You don't breathe none of that shit in because it's the same that's thing. That's what TG does. He mm-hmm. fumigates his neighborhood. <laughs> but don't use, like, don't use it. Do not consume it in any way. The only thing you do, you chop butter out and you get the fuck rid of it. And oh. you have to be careful with that as well because then mold spores that lie around for a while and they'll be in your grow tent as well. So when the grow's finished, you need to completely clean everything. And that won't get rid of all of the spores, but it will kill off a, a good percentage of them. You know, just keeping the numbers down will reduce the chances of it happening. But the most important thing is don't touch your buds unless absolutely necessary because that will damage them and that could prevent, uh, that could cause the buds to go rotten. Uh, make sure that you've got good airflow that that's one of the most important things is airflow then multiples will germinate in stale air if the air doesn't get stale it's less likely to germinate so keep the air moving at all times and make sure there's no stale air pockets in the room either you know a couple of fans oscillating at, at decent power and that should keep everything uh moving around and then humidity mm-hmm. you know if if the air is very humid the multiples are going to germinate man. and when they germinate they'll begin to grow and they'll start taking over your shit. So keep humidity low. Keep your space between your massive colas. That's very important there. You know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't want to pack mm-hmm. a lot of massive colas in your tent, but every massive cola needs a lot of space. And this is things you need to be considering if you're growing outdoors as well. Don't plant too close to a fence now because it'll grow up and grow into the fence and there's no airflow getting to the back of it then. So make sure you plant away from things. You keep enough space in, in between the plant and around the colas to make sure that the multiples don't germinate. Because it's devastating when it happens, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And do not, whatever you do, touch another plant mm-hmm. after you've mm-hmm. touched that plant. Um, especially if you've got multiple plants, you know, in a tent and one of them comes up with rot. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah, just uh, be extremely careful removing that that plant from yeah. the tent and or removing tops. Um, and, you know, wash your hands in between. Um, even if you have to jump ISO on your hands, I know that's not great, but even if you, you know, that's, I normally wear gloves um, and then I'll just change my gloves, wash my hands, put a new mm-hmm. set of gloves on if I'm going to do anything else in the tent. Um, but I thankfully haven't had it in a while uh, because I sterilize my tent in between runs. I ensure mm-hmm. that I keep those humidity levels and the air movement going. Um, and usually I'll, I'll get through runs without too many issues. Yeah, man. So bud rot is a bitch. If, if you do find it, just get rid of the buds, everybody. And I hope you've learned enough here to know how to prevent it, how to identify it. But if you do need any help at all, just head over to percysgrowroom.com, start a thread there, and we'll be able to help you. Even if you suspect it, if you suspect bud rot in your tent and you think, is this what them guys were talking about? Then don't touch anything. Just take a picture, 
and come and upload it onto Perseus and we'll take a yeah. look and we'll tell you whether it's bud rot or not. You don't need to go rushing and cutting off perfectly healthy buds because it's gone a little bit yellow or something. Just, no, you know, but I would, I would definitely ask for help quickly because mm-hmm. within 24 hours, you could lose a lot more than the one bud. So yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like we said, act fast, get some answers, but don't panic. Mm-hmm. So is there anything to add there? Anything to add there? Uh, anything to add to the highlight? Oh, fuck the government, <laughs> of course, everybody. <laughs> the bud rot of society. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think it's all very fitting. I think it's all very fitting. Drop it down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it Throw it on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> so we do Not have some questions here as well. We have some questions from the listeners, and uh, one specifically from Film Me Bowls says uh wondering if auto flower cannabis plants are more susceptible to bud rot and mold compared to photo periods so not necessarily some strains are more resistant to mold but they're, that's it they're more resistant but it's not the difference between photo period and autos i wouldn't think mm, i've had bud rot a few times and the majority of them were auto flowers but I think, yeah, I, it just, it, that just depends. I, I think it, but me, I always let them, I want them to go longer. I want them riper. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. where I, I end up with bud rot. And I think that's why it happened on the autos because they go faster. I tend to let them want to go longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. What do you, what do you guys think? Annie, Amanda, what do you think about? Uh... I've given up on, on autos because it's just, it's, it, everything goes so quickly. Anything that's going to go wrong, is going to go wrong faster. Mm-hmm. is my opinion okay, I don't think right. I, uh, I'm only my third grow season so I don't have much to contribute <laughs> but it's it's like um, the autos of photos are pretty much the same thing it, it's the mold that grows it's nothing to do with the plants it's this, that's just the surface it lives on yeah. so I think it, either one is just as susceptible than the others it depends on the genetics of the plant like some plants might be able to prevent mold mm. under higher conditions, under higher humidity, for example. Some strains are bred outside, so it rains on them a lot and there's a lot more moisture around than indoor plants. So some strains are, are less susceptible to bud rot and mold, right. but it can still happen in the right conditions. You should never treat anything differently anyway. You should always try and prevent it. Even if there's a strain that's like, yeah, we are very resistant to bud rights like, i don't give a fuck i'm still keeping two fans in the flowering room and i'm still below 55 percent humidity that's just the way it is and you just don't fuck around with that shit yeah i've yeah, only exactly. had i've only messed with bud rot when i'm sitting there checking trichomes waiting for the ambers to come you know almost ready to harvest it's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. when i get it so i mean i find that autoflowers don't turn amber as fast so mm-hmm, i tend to mm-hmm. let those go longer so maybe that's why it happens more frequently on my yeah. autos yeah so just just be careful in it just always be cautious that don't be touching the buds unnecessarily because you spread the mold spores you know uh make sure the humidity is right make sure the the air circulation inside the grow room and the extraction is up to scratch and you'll be okay. You'll be okay. And there's a couple of times where you're going to get bud rot, but then you learn how not to get it and you won't see it for a long time. But I think that's, uh, that's about it really for the bud rot shit. Anyway, mm-hmm. we have a, a question from Jellert says a question. Do LEDs lose power over time? I had my Mars hydro light for two years now and doesn't seem to go as bright as on previous runs. PS any update on the Graham Hancock interview, by the way, that's, that would be a classic 
on Hunger. I do need to email him again, but he got to the point where I was emailing too much and he got a little bit angry at me. <laughs> it's like, chill, bro, I'll get which one I can. You know, yeah, yeah. He's, he's very busy right now. He's, he's been doing lots of research and lots of stuff over in, I think he's been in Go Break His Heavily, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I did read this and think, fuck, I haven't emailed him for a few months now. Surely it'll be okay if I email him now. But... <laughs> you did do it. Yeah, you pulled an Andy Dufresne on him, though. You kept on. Yeah, yeah. Him until, yeah, yeah. You weren't going to say no. That's how I roll, man. That's how I get these interviews. <laughs> you know, he's it's, it's, it's the first one to get a look. And he wasn't really snappy. It's just, you know, he's, yeah. he's an Englishman. This is how we speak sometimes. He can just come across as snappy and it doesn't mean that way. It's just, you know, right. we don't like to waste words. So, <laughs> But that will be coming. I'm going to email him. I'm going to email him. I'm going to fucking write this down here. Graham. There, I just put Graham there. And then when I see that and I'm not live, I'll be able to message him. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The guy said he'd be on the show, man. And, oh, it, oh, you know, I'm relentless. I'll definitely keep on mm-hmm. working until it does happen. As soon so, as you make back, first contact, you know. <laughs> back to the LEDs. Mm-hmm. The question. Yeah, the, the actual question there. Yes. <laughs> not, the, not the PS. Not, but, not, the, not the tangent, yeah. Yeah, just like anything, over time, they will reduce in power, man. They won't be as efficient as they used to be. That's just the way yeah. things go. Uh, the LEDs are built with a phosphorescent coating on them and, and uh, the little LED excites the coating and that's how you get the wavelength. And over time, that coating will start to decrade, degrade. Um, and I guess, what would you say, Mackie, the cheaper lights are probably going to have a yeah, for sure. faster degradation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, easy to check. I mean, that's a parameter is handy, but the other thing yeah. is the spectrum can change too. That's right. Because yeah. not all the lights are going, uh, there are different spectrums of, of white lights and, and colored lights along all your boards and they may not all degrade at the faster at the same rate so you know so if you want make sure you buy a good quality led in the first place i mean mars hydro they're good man i don't want to slag off mars hydro because they're a decent company but they're like mid-range they are. Uh, if you want the good shit you've got to go to the hlg that that's the top of the range shit you know they're the best light manufacturers in the world we don't just say that because they're sponsors they're sponsors because they're the best light manufacturers in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So if you want good shit, that's going to last minimum five years. They've got five years guarantee on their shit. So, mm. you know, you go and buy the good shit from HLG, man, or come and win it over at Percy's. You know, there's another comp coming soon, everybody. Mm-hmm. Giving away some epic lights this year. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they do lose power over time. Have you found this as well, ladies? Do you grow LED? I do. Um, I haven't used my, I have a mine as well, and I don't think I've used it enough to see much of a degradation over time. And I also switched from growing cannabis indoors because we took over my room to do the podcast. And mm. last winter, I moved it into my laundry room and just grew tons of vegetables. I had tomatoes up to the ceiling and all the herbs you could ever imagine. And that was actually lovely as well to go through a winter with my own homegrown vegetables. But mm. I haven't used my Mars enough to see anything over time. Yeah, they're good lights, man. I do like my Mars. It's, it's For the price, light. yeah, they are mid-range, mid-low mm. range. But if you are just getting in, it's not, yeah. it's, it's not you know, they have a nice selection too of different mm-hmm. sizes, you mm-hmm. know, where you want to be. Sure. So yeah, yeah, I haven't had any problems with it. Yeah, they've moved up, the, they up their game a, a mm-hmm. few years back. And they're now, you know, there's not a bad light to start with at all. Yeah, if, for sure. You know, if you're looking for a bargain light. 
They definitely don't are. Don't go for a, like a no-name Chinese lake because I did that mm-hmm. the first time. Uh, yeah, I've got that. a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks too good to be true. A thirty-nine-dollar <laughs> light in two thousand watts. I've got to have two thousand watts. <laughs> oh, it's a it's a two thousand W. It is only thirty-nine dollars. Go with a name brand. I and then it, my cannabis didn't grow. My gosh, I wonder why. But there's a few ones like that mid-range. You know, there's uh, the Spider Farmers, the Mars Hydro. What, what other ones are there? There's uh, lots of different ones, which are around that range. And they're decent, man. They're decent. So you can just, I don't know, find out which one's within your price range and use that until you're up and running and then go and invest in one of the, you know, the dog's bollocks, the people who have used the very best LM301 H different diodes for different colors and mm. the right amount put all the science into it go check them guys out because that's the shit man. yeah and i'll always go ahead and recommend uh shane's micro uh, site he does light reviews on mm-hmm. all lights mm-hmm. not just micros and if you want mm-hmm. somebody who's going to tell you the truth about your light go check out shane he'll, he'll actually give you the facts yes and he'll even tell you when it's a good light mm-hmm. He's and it's not his. great channel great channel yeah, yeah good channel uh, Art Man just says that he never runs his HLG at 100% because they are real powerful, efficient lights, man. And when you're not running it 100%, it's going to last longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have another question from Stonewolf here. He says, uh, what do members use as foliar sprays and how often? Also, when do people spray? I've heard some bro signs about lights magnifying on the droplets of the leaves. Is this possible? And if so, what would, what would that look like? With different folio mixtures, e.g., cow mag, fungicide, pesticide, IPM, make varied effects if the above is true. Mm. Uh, yeah, so uh, the fo- whole foliar feeding thing, only do it during veg, of course. I wouldn't recommend right. spraying anything on your flowers, even when they're first forming. When you see them first pom poms coming out, stop spraying anything. But uh, during veg, I foliar feed uh, just once, really, just about when the plant itself is grown in cocoa. I don't do anything like that in. Um, in the organics but when the plant's like five or six weeks old it's going to start running out of magnesium and it needs a certain amount of magnesium to make the calcium move around the plant happily so to prevent that happening around week five week six i spray the plant with epsom salts it's like uh one tablespoon per gallon is plenty sorry one teaspoon per gallon is plenty uh, stir that shit up and just spray the plants on the underside and the top side of the leaf i do that about when it's about five six weeks old and that prevents mm-hmm. a cow mag deficiency kicking in, I find. Uh, I've the- used uh, different foliar feeds, uh, right. foliar applications. Um, I used, I have used, and I have, I'm not recently done it, but I have used kelp early on in veg to help the seedlings really take off. It's got some, some good stuff in there that the plants seem to appreciate. Uh, I also do the Epsom salt that Mackie was, was talking about. I have done cow mag feeding when I saw, saw deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, no longer do the kelp right now i'm experimenting with microbes to replace that and like in what i'm saying uh i haven't done the cow mag because i've figured out a better way to do it just in the feeds but mm-hmm. i've done it i've you know the results have been good um give it a shot don't overdo it is what i would say what about you lady Did you use folio feed at all uh no no that's it. It's not. It's not completely necessary. It's just a no, nice, easy way to get uh, nutrients delivered directly to the plant cells. Yeah. It's a quick shot, and your mm-hmm. plants will respond. It's it's kind of like that main main thing if you want to burst of growth. Mm-hmm. 
I used the kelp on auto flowers early on uh, back in the day, and it really did help boost them, uh, help them to where I could get the training done. I like, uh, like I've said it a million times, I mainline, even I even mainline my auto flowers. And by hitting them with the uh, foliar feed, they grew faster and allowed me to do the training in time. So and we uh, have that bit there was asking about the lights magnifying the droplets. This is something I read a long time ago as well. Um, it's one of them things. And this was from the days of HI, uh, HID lighting, you know, the high intensity discharge, the HPS, the metal halide, them, them kind of lights. You're told not to spray it too close to the plants because one, the, the mist, if that hits that boiling hot bulb, the bulb's going to crack. So you'd usually put your lights all the way up to the top of the tent the high, highest that can go far away from the plants, then you'll foliar feed and turn your fans off as well, just to make sure no light sprays up and uh, no water sprays up and hits your lights. So be careful of that. But I've never seen, even though I've, I've heard of it and I tried to prevent it, I've never seen what you're talking about there where I have the, the lights burn. Have you seen it? Have you? I've never I seen have. it. Well, yeah, yeah, just little, little small brown you know, dead spots on, your, on the leaf. Doesn't look like a bug bite, just looks right. like a brown brown spot that got you know just too much or something mm -hmm. it's just the the droplet will magnify the light raise the far reading into that concentrated tiny little area and kill the tissue right there it does happen i've just do i dim my lights down or I usually like to put my lights to 30 percent after i sprayed for mm -hmm. about 30 minutes or so and then come back and turn them back up yeah that's all i do for me nowadays i don't give a fuck just spray them they're fine <laughs> well, I mean, the damage, I've never seen the damage to where it was going to, to harm the plant, to where it was going to kill anything. It just mm -hmm. kind of looked a little ugly. Yeah, so, so yeah, that's it, really. I mean, the, the biggest thing you need to do is not spray the plants when they're yeah. in flower. Anything else is cool. Just don't spray too much. Yeah. Raise the light if you don't want to get water onto it. And yeah. you a should lot of times, okay. Yeah, a lot of times new growers are afraid of a little bit of damage here and there. It's going to kill your plants. These things are Emotional tough. damage. <laughs> the plants are tough. They can take a lot of abuse before they'll die. So yeah, if you get a, a damaged leaf or a, or, a, or a dead spot, it'll keep growing. Don't worry about it. And also at the end of this, he said, by the way, team seafood all the way. Yes. I was going to not read out that question because you put that at the end. Seafood? Yeah, what well, you said about seafood, hi, ladies. You eat seafood? No, not us. Cool. There you go. Yes. yes. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'll power no monkey. Said yes. No, no, there's only you right now, bro. There's only you right know. now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So yes, the team seafood is, is uh is team no seafood today, Malka. You know what I'm saying? It's oh, <laughs> all right, more for me. Indeed, indeed. But yeah, we'll, we'll go into that conversation again another time, I'm sure. Right. Anyway. Another one from Jalur. This is the last one, and that's all the questions we have. Then we have a question: How long could you leave a seedling in a one-inch square rock wall cube before it gets root-bound? Hmm. Uh, not very long, man. I mean, it hmm. won't get root-bound because it's in yeah, a. That, a that's the real answer. Yeah. yeah, it won't. It won't get root-bound because it'll, it'll root prune itself. Mm -hmm. But it won't stay healthy forever. No. So I mean, you want to be using a one-inch square just to get it up and running and. I mean, I assume you're going to put a plant that rock wall into something else. You can plant it into an even bigger square of rock wall if you were doing that, or it can go into the clay pellets for your DWC if that's going to be your next option. But you don't rely on that. That's just something to germinate the seed in. Once, yeah. the, once the roots grow in, go and put it into whatever you're supposed to be putting it into. 
don't no, try keeping if we're, that. If we're going to get really stupid and, and say, can you grow a cannabis plant in a one inch rock wool cube? Yes. If you want to go crazy nuts, you could probably get a tiny flower on that plant and go all the way through its life cycle, but that's not what it's meant for. Like Mackie says, move it, move it, move it. Mm. But yeah. yeah, root bound. I doubt, I doubt it's going to get root bound, but it's not going to stay healthy. Yeah. So just plant it somewhere else as soon as it's got its roots coming out of it. You know, easy to do. Yeah. What about you, ladies? Do you use root uh, ruckle cubes, or are you straighten the medium for you guys? I straighten the medium. Yeah. yeah. It's the best way. It's the best way, in my opinion. But, yeah. Less is more. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> uh, the one inch square as well, it's going to dry out really quick. And once that dries out, the roots are going to start to die. So unless you want to be feeding it all the time or let, letting it just sit in water, which will go dodgy after a while as well, then uh, you know, just plant it into something else. Move it on to the next stage as soon as the roots are up and running. Yeah, bigger cube yeah. of rock wool or your DWC or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, move it. But that's all of the questions we have today. I hope that helps. I hope everybody's got the, the, the questions. I hope you all learned something. Okay, that's it. Oh, that's perfect, guys, because you know it's actually dinner time here in Canada. Sweet. And all right, so I think that we need to step away, take a poke, go feed our kids. That's, that's all good. It. Yeah, yeah. The kids need feeding before they start getting angry, right? <laughs> we can't have uh, no rebellious kids today. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so we'll let you ladies go and we'll wrap this shit up then. Thank you very much for coming to join us and to yes. take uh, Margie's seat for today. Annie and Amanda, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having us. No, no, massive pleasure. Thank you very much. Right. Till next time. We'll speak to you. Enjoy your dinner. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I'll plug your shit before you go. Yeah. Where, where can people find you? They already, they already left. Oh, they already gone. Oh, they've gone. But you can find them. Just search for High Ladies and you will find them. High Ladies Podcast and you'll find them. That's right. Mm-hmm. Find them on Instagram. Somebody asked if they're on YouTube earlier. They're not on YouTube. They just strictly stick to uh, Instagram and their podcast networks. So wherever mm-hmm. you download this podcast from, you can also download it for download their podcast from there too. So there we go, everybody. That was all about bud rot. I hope you learned something. I hope you never need the information found in this episode. But if you do, it's all there. And of course, you can head over to percysgrowroot.com and ask for help at any time. If you suspect bud rot on your plant, just take a picture, head over to percysgrowroot.com and upload it into a thread and we'll be able to tell you if you have bud rot or not from there. But for now, that's all there is for this week. We'll catch you on Sunday for the live show up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash highonhomegrown. Come and join us there uh, at 9 o'clock on Sunday, UK time, 4 o'clock Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific time. We'll see you over there on Sunday. It'll be a pleasure to see you in the live chat. Don't forget to drop in and say hi. Uh, Thanks, as always, for downloading the show and being a listener. We do appreciate every single one of you guys. It would be great if you could share the episode with a friend who might find this information useful. Maybe you know somebody who wants to learn how to grow their own. Then share the links to the grow guides with them. Or maybe you know somebody who already does grow. And maybe you could share the links to the interviews with them. There's lots of content put out every week. You know, there's three episodes every week that we send out. So there's always something for somebody. We've got news, we have interviews, we have grow guides every week. So it'd be great if you could share the link to the episodes with somebody who you think might enjoy the show. That would help us grow massively and we massively appreciate that so thanks in advance if you're sharing an episode with your friends we do appreciate it but anyway for now that's it that's the end of the episodes for this week we'll catch you on sunday and we'll do it all again next week so hope to see you on sunday for the live show on the youtube but for now enjoy the rest of your week stay high stay safe 
uh, stay high and homegrown and all of that. But enjoy. And thanks again to the high ladies for coming to join us. Catch you on Sunday. Enjoy. Goodbye.